if he did do that, that would be the most disrespectful thing that can happen to <laughs> Kevin Durant. Because yeah. all that does is set the precedent. This is the same guy, Kyrie Irving, that left LeBron, convinced KD to leave a championship-caliber team, as we see with the Warriors, to join and build a dynasty in Brooklyn. Just for him to leave and take a $30 million pay cut because all the Lakers can afford to give him is six mil for the season? You leave KD high and dry to take a $30 million pay cut over ego because you don't want to be strong-armed by the Nets? All right, so we got the resident Nets fan right here in the building. Malcolm James, quick hand for the guy. Yes, sir. Welcome, brother. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> yeah, bro. How you feeling? Ah, oh, man. Um, not as bad as a Knicks fan, but pretty bad. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, that's accurate. As you should. As you should. Because as you all know, Net Nation is imploding right before our very eyes, right? Uh, the 4-0 sweep wasn't bad enough. The James Harden departure wasn't bad enough. Because now Kyrie needs to add some gas to the fire, okay? He wants his money. Sean Mark's playing games. He wants four years, 42 mil on a desk waiting for him. It's your money. Get it when you need it type vibes, man, (laughs) that I'm getting, man. Old old head ass, man. Because Kyrie, he ain't playing with nobody, man. He ain't playing at all. You know what I'm saying? He said, I'm about to do what I did to Boston. You know what I'm saying? What I did on the back end of Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? Things are looking 100% slow. right. Kyrie is not playing no games. No, <laughs> he ain't no, playing no, no games on a literal level. <laughs> so I think I could, the, question, the question becomes, right, because obviously we all know Kyrie is a max player when he plays. Um, yes. The question is really not how much should they give him. It's about for how long, right? Kyrie wants four years at the max. The Nets are willing to do two with a bunch of incentives. Um, so that's the gap. And now Kyrie's dragging KD into it, right? Because that's what's leaking out is no me, no KD. That's what he's saying to Shawnee Marks. If you, Mr. Nets fan, were in this position, what would you do? Yeah, honestly, just because of how things panned out. I mean, the Nets organization and the team they built, it was the greatest team that never was. So... Mm-hmm. Literally, I'm rolling with Sean Marks on this one, personally. I'm saying because Kyrie, he is worth the deal. He is worth every penny that the Nets are willing to give him. But because of his lack of commitment to playing the game on a consistent basis, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give him no more than two years max. Now, that is spoken like a true fan of the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, my first thought was to just blow the whole damn thing, not blow the whole damn thing up. It's either blow the whole damn thing up or, you know, you kind of give in to Kyrie's demands and give him what he wants. You know what I mean? You give him the four years. You know what I'm saying? You, you t- Like you said, tying him into KD, but at the same time, it's like the way I looked at it is, you know, you're paying him 37 a year right now. You know what I mean? I think Kyrie will be productive for the next three to four seasons. And as we all, you know, agree on, the only issue was his consistency when he's on the floor. Now, I don't expect him to have any more issues with consistency given the back end of all the COVID, you know, restrictions 
COVID restrictions are gone. You know what I mean? We do realize that he had some of these issues in Boston. You know, we cannot forget about that where there was no COVID in play and he just wasn't playing just to, you know, show I'm Kyrie. I could do now I do what I want. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So um, you said it. I think it's interesting, man. That's the best way, I think, for the Brooklyn Nets to keep their integrity and respect in the league intact, but also remaining competitive. You know, you can't just as frustrating as it is. Pride makes you want to say, Kyrie, you're out of here. KD, if you want to leave, get on out of here, too. Mm-hmm. But you still got to be competitive in this league. It's about dollars. And to get dollars, you need those big names. So the worst part is you guys are already pot committed, right? Like there's no getting Levert, Jared Allen and Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwiddie back. That bridge is <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. You guys, this is what you have, and it's either this or Ben Simmons and Joe Randoms for the next three years. And I know you don't want that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, let's talk about some doomsday options real quick. I'm going to get your thoughts on this real quick. Right? Uh, Kyrie listed the Lakers, Clippers, Heat, Mavericks, Sixers, and my New York Knicks on that list of potential candidates he would like to go to for sign and trade or through free agency if he decides to decline in four or five days his team option or player option with the Brooklyn Nets. And um, my favorite, my favorite scenario here is right. We know Jalen Brunson trade. Jalen Brunson is is the eye of the apple of the eye for the Knicks front office right now. They're clearing space to get him, make a run at him. Bump Jalen. Let's let's get Kyrie. Right, Kyrie's in the mecca. Now you know what you, you like RJ, right? Steve Nash is his his, his godfather. Um, let's trade RJ and everyone and get KD too. All right, and then we bend <laughs> Brooklyn Nets over the knee. And send you guys back to Jersey. How does that sound? <laughs> First of all, I don't want no, I don't want nothing from the Knicks fans. I want to hear nothing. You guys literally traded your entire future away for a guy who had half of a good season, <laughs> which is Brunson. So look, the Knicks is just out of the the question. I don't even think Kyrie would want to play for the Knicks. I feel like if anything, the team that has the greatest chance of doing something with Kyrie would probably be the heat just to, you know, move Kyle Lowry. Cause he's too fat to be on Miami. <laughs> <laughs> now you got that one, right? You yeah, got like, that one right like, for sure. He's over the weight limit for heat culture. Yeah. Oh. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if anything, that's the, the closest fit for it. But honestly speaking, I don't know where, I don't know where it's going to go. I'm send Kyrie to the heat. Let Katie trade. Trade them to the Knicks for all your. Well, do you? Well, I guess we can get picks and some money, and I guess make a run. Oh, that at was it disrespectful. He literally looked at the the Knicks roster. He said there isn't a single player on that <laughs> roster worth trading for. Oh, damn! What about RJ? What about what about? Uh, uh, look, you would have to take some talent, but I mean, like, come on, like he's no KD. Like you're not yeah, getting I mean, anybody. It's, it's KD that, with four years left. Like if they did trade him, it's gonna be for. Uh, like all of Elon Musk's money and like <laughs> players, like it's crazy. It would be the biggest trade ever. Um, yeah, uh, wow. I don't know. If I, but you sound like the funny thing is, I thought you were gonna come up here more hopeful, but I think you and many Nets fans have have come to terms with this, right? Uh, this this KD Kyrie experiment has has failed. You know, I I'm just losing my my faith in no the Nets organization. I'm losing my faith in that Nets organization. I mean, as a season ticket holder, had a, the rep calling me up one day and was just like, yo, man, uh, what are you guys thinking about for next season's packages? And I'm telling him, yo, man, there's too much dysfunction around this team. I paid money on the season that on the season ticket to see Durant, Kyrie, 
and James Harden swap Ben Simmons play, and I haven't <laughs> seen them play <laughs> together. So Thanks. I feel like, you know, it's really tough for the league. I feel like as a Nets fan, honestly, um, if I'm Sean Marks, the big, the most I'm doing is because KD after this season, he has three or four years left on his deal. Four years. Four years left on his deal. So I would exercise, you know, I would give Kyrie a three-year, marry him to KD's contract so they leave around the same time. I would give him that deal and give him the max for up to those three years. And after that, you know, free agency, have fun, you know? Word. So this is the last thought I want to get off, Malcolm, and get your input on. Me and Frost were talking about this a little earlier, but I look at this whole situation, this whole dumpster fire, if you will, in Brooklyn, and I I, I step back and ask, who has the most to gain here? Um, and, and I think it's it's a guy, probably one of the best players ever to put him on, uh, wields tremendous power in the NBA, um, and it's LeBron James. He huh. is stuck. Maxed out on their salary cap. They can't move Russell Westbrook and they need to get better fast. He only can gain by, hey, Kyrie, man, they don't appreciate you. He planted seeds, bro. We see the tweets started at least a year ago where he's praising Kyrie at every opportunity. Why not get the band back together? If he did do that, that would be the most disrespectful thing that can happen to Kevin Durant. Because all that does is set the precedent. This is the same guy, Kyrie Irving, that left LeBron, convinced KD to leave a championship caliber team, as we see with the Warriors, to join and build a dynasty in Brooklyn. Just for him to leave and take a $30 million pay cut because all the Lakers can afford to give him is six mil for the season? You leave KD high and tried to take a $30 million pay cut over ego because you don't want to be strong-armed by the Nets after you put the freaking cuffs in their hand by not playing? <laughs> like, that was... Oh, man. Crazy. LeBron that, would... That KD-LeBron debate that happened when he was in Golden State three years ago, mm-hmm. it, it would be over. So yeah. this is the thing. We know Kyrie Irving to be the most bipolar uh, NBA basketball player in history, maybe, you know, barring a Dennis Rodman, right? Uh, he's he's up there, right? So I think it's interesting, right? You leave a championship team, you beat the best team on paper of all time with LeBron James in Cleveland, right? You say, nah, I ain't getting enough shine. Even though LeBron James is considered arguably the GOAT or number two of all time, I think I'm better than him. So I'm going to go over to Boston, you know what I'm saying? Show him my worth not play in Boston, make them give up everything, go to Brooklyn, not play in Brooklyn, make them give up everything. You know what I'm saying? It would not be him deviating from the norm if we saw him go back to Lakers, or excuse me, go back to the Lakers. Realistically, once LeBron is a team, is on a team, LeBron is the team, right? So I said go back to the Lakers. I really mean go back to LeBron, but same difference, right? Um, I think it'd be an interesting situation. Um, Russell Westbrook is a guy that we know can play with Kevin Durant. I think their play style, when Russell Westbrook is not being very, very ball-heavy, they complement each other. Kevin Durant is a guy who can shoot from anywhere, score any way he wants, get you a bucket whenever. Russell Westbrook is a guy that keeps the tenacity up when Katie's getting his breaks, you know what I'm saying? If Russell is willing to adapt to that role, 
they can be a very dominant team. Yeah, you do your thing. But I say all that to say this, man. I think that if James Harden was still there, the trade would have already happened because now you're basically getting to see the Thunder Big Three from literally 10 years ago team up, match up, right? And at the same time, you also get to see LeBron James and Kyrie Irving reunite, bro. It would be a beautiful thing, you know? I think so, but I don't think that KD could win with West Westbrook. I feel like that experiment has tried. It's failed. The, the ship has sailed. The ship has sailed. With that being said, guys, I'm having little technical difficulties on my end. I'm going to let you guys wrap this bad boy up. But Malcolm, man, it's been a pleasure having you on the pod. Of um, course. Just, just don't want to ruin the, the high quality of the plug. So with that, I bid you gentlemen adieu. And uh, Tyler and Malcolm will wrap this one up. Peace. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. The funny thing is it's not going to be one of those situations that drags, right? Like Kyrie has about six days less than six days to decide on this option. <laughs> and that will shift the entirety of the league. Cause if he opts out, everyone, every franchise in the NBA is preparing a package. There's not one franchise that hasn't already had a meeting about what we could possibly order or offer for Kevin Durant. Yeah. That's for Kevin Durant. But I don't think like what team is going to want Kyrie Irving right now? Like what team it's actually going to be like, you know what? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to give this dude a, a four-year. Miami seems they've shown they're willing to try anything. I could see Miami doing it. They def- definitely need a star. But I don't know if, like, you have to remember, Kyrie is like a cancer in the locker room. What would he do to that Miami organization? He goes into Miami and he's not the, he's not the leader emotionally. Um, I don't know. Jimmy Butler is the leader on that team if Kyrie signs today. Still, Kevin Durant isn't just just isn't much of a like vocal leader. So I don't know. I, I don't think Kyrie has ruined Brooklyn either. I think so. You do. He, he let's he get more on this. Brooklyn, how did how did Kyrie ruin Brooklyn? Go ahead. He created issues like the reason why the Nets even had all of those roster changes. Like I think the Nets had like how many different starting lineups this season? It was like 60, 70? Different starting fives. A lot of that was dictated because this man, Kyrie Irving, was conducting his own practices outside of Steve Nash. so disrespectful. He would come into practice whenever he wants and say, you five, come with me. And would leave the gym and conduct their own practice. So Kyrie was the one saying, no, we running with this lineup because of some practices that he had drawn up. Kyrie is just a different He ruined that. So they have no continuity. No chemistry. He's threatening to leave, which is going to put all the talent at risk. You sank the organization. They And all the organization did was sign off on his BS the entire time. There was no memos of the Nets saying Kyrie is a problem, blah, 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 blah. That was all the media external stuff saying that. The Nets, when Kyrie took his... 30-day hiatus because of the riots on the, the January 6th. Yeah. They, they was just like, you know what? It's Kyrie being Kyrie. Yeah. They stuck by him. They have. They have. KD stuck by him, too, because he could have easily been like, you know, that's not me. Um, mm-hmm. And he hasn't done that to this point. So it's it's all interesting, right? So we're, we got to thank you for coming on the podcast. We're definitely going to have to have you back on once all this gets resolved to break it down. We got to start here. It's KD, <laughs> 35, trade, 
Five, the killer, was speaking on his previous destination, Golden State, fresh off their championship. And he was addressing some of that criticism he received regarding his role in the dynasty of Golden State Warriors. So if y'all haven't checked it out, the ETC podcast with Kevin Durant, hosted by Eddie Gonzalez and one Kevin Durant. But they have honestly one of the greatest podcast episodes I have personally heard. It was him, KD, interviewing J. Cole. And this yeah. was right before he started playing ball the first time around. I, I might have sent this to you. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, Talk I thought this on, was yeah. beautiful. Like It was the crossovers between basketball and music. KD's a big music head. And there's so much intersection and overlap between the two. And uh, it's just a great podcast. Yeah, yeah. Poetry in motion, as they do say. And uh, KD with another banger. Um, you know, he had the people talking, media outlets, uh, NBA players, really everybody talking about his most recent episode of his podcast. And as you mentioned, you know, he kind of reflects on his time with the Warriors, his feelings about them winning a championship, man. And uh, I think the Slim Reaper is usually painted as a worse guy than he really is. At this point, I am. I mean... I think since I've been in the league, it's always been dialogue about, um, you know, me versus my teammates, like me versus Russell, me versus Steph and Draymond, me versus Kyrie now, mm-hmm. James. Um, you know, and a lot of people, you know, when Golden State won, it felt like they went back and said, well, if they won this one, then. They could have easily won 2017, yeah. 2018 with somebody other than KD. But I'm just like, why? Uh, somebody other than me. <laughs> <laughs> like, why you want to just pull me from the group? You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it, it'd be irritating to hear that because I just want to watch the game. And, <laughs> and, and, and I also like those dudes. Like, I played basketball with those guys. And I was a part of that dynasty that they're building right now. The whole snake image that they gave him. Uh, really didn't fit the guy. I mean, at the end of the day, he did take the easy route out, but, you know, you got to do what's best for you in your career because at the end of the day, 20, 30, 40 years down the line, no one's going to remember all of this drama. You know what I mean? They're just going to see championships, finals, MVPs, great, one of the greatest teams of all time. So um, I say all that to say this, man, KD showed a lot of love for the Warriors, Steph, Clay, and, and, and Draymond and them boys, you know what I'm saying? on their recent championship win, man. So you want to you wanna give your thoughts a little bit on it? Yeah, yeah. I think um, it was pretty simple. People are trying to discredit KD, or as he refers to himself, the God, for <laughs> what he did for Golden State. They, they want to act nitpick and act like he didn't contribute. Not just contribute, man. He was the reason they won yeah. two championships. Uh, and they're trying to take that from Katie. He's not having it. And he's defending himself. He's sticking up for himself, picking his own side, as he should. Sometimes that's pitting him against the Golden State Warriors. But as you mentioned, he's always quick to give them flowers. He's recognizing Steph and as a, one of the all-time greats, praised that game for performance. And, you know, like, I don't have any problem with what KD does. He lets you know exactly how he feels. That's yeah. all we want as fans, all the media should want even though they want it to come from them. But I don't know. I really don't have any problem with KD. My thing is this, right? At the end of the day, you got to respect consistency. If KD was flip-flopping all around, all over the place, you know, you'd maybe feel a different kind of way. But this is the same KD that we've known from since his Oklahoma City Thunder days, man. You know, wasn't quite vocal in Seattle, so I wouldn't even... 
I would almost have said Seattle, right? But regardless, um, KD is KD. Uh, he doesn't change no matter whatever weather. You know what I'm mm. saying? So uh, I got I to gotta give it to him, man. He, he, he does what he does, and he's unapologetic about it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's something that you got to respect in essence, you know? And again, man, to be a star and to make the moves that he's made, man, it takes a lot of uh, moxie, may I say, you know? So, yeah. Well, while we're on the topic of going Kevin Durant, we got to touch on this, right? Because the, the other thought, the other possibility of KD leaving Brooklyn got the whole league acting up. Got the whole league acting up. Out of character. Damian Lillard, Mr. Ride or Die, Mr. I'm going to do it by myself, <laughs> is posting a Photoshop picture of him with KD. And the only thing worse than that is... Nurkic reposting it, right? Because because Nurkic, hey, if y'all get KD, you're probably going to Brooklyn in that trade. <laughs> I would know yeah. if you should be rooting for that. Seriously, I mean, they there's nothing else. Uh, th- they're gonna probably have to give up four or five guys. Uh, you know, Nurkic most likely being the the centerpiece of that trade for the Trailblazers, man. But uh, you know. Uh, Damian Lillard doing his best LeBron James impression, you know, working on his recruiting act, you know, and uh, he almost had everybody fooled until uh, Durant came in and, you know, he cleared those rumors and it actually wasn't, you know, KD, 3-5, Slim Reaper, right? It was actually his brother, Tony, Tony Durant. Uh, He came in on Nurkic's repost and, you know, he cleared the air and let everybody know that ain't facts, you know what I'm saying? KD is, you know, staying for the time being. He's got a contract, you know? Uh, didn't really go into too much detail other than that, but yeah, my boy Tony Durant pulled up on the scene and let everybody know what time it was, you know? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> and uh, another thing with KD, right? We previously on an episode about a month ago spoke on the Nets separating themselves as a front office from KD and Kyrie, right? And that was, we assumed, so they could make the best decisions possible and not be hamstrung by, hamstrung by their two best players. So yep. a reason KD is in line with that, in my opinion, is because he needs to preserve his friendship with Kyrie, right? The road less traveled might actually be the better one in this situation. You might be better without Kyrie than with him, especially depending on that return you might get back. Um, and for KD to, like I said, preserve his friendship, he can't be looked at as le GM making the decisions, not offering his boy a four-year max. So he has to distance himself so it doesn't fall back on him. 100%. Yeah. And at the end of the day, man, sometimes it's not about what things are. It's always about how they appear, right? And so mm-hmm. KD very much could be the GM, right? But uh, he doesn't want it to look that way. Uh, and you mentioned it, right? This Brooklyn Nets team is much worse off without Kyrie Irving than they are with him. So I think Kevin Durant's going to do what he's got to do to keep the team you know, intact for the most part. We know Kevin Durant to be a very uh, legacy-oriented player, right? Uh, it's a different era with social media and stats. And, you know, you have a world of information on your phone, you know? So you're able to go and look up who's the greatest of all time and see lists, whether, you know, they're, they're opinionated or not. You can, that's, that's all there, right? So regardless, I say all that to say this, Kevin Durant's always been legacy-oriented. And uh, I think his legacy works out much better with Kyrie Irving on this squad than without. Um, and I think regardless of that, if Kyrie Irving's out, and again, not to say that the two are correlated, which Kevin Durant has made sure to say time and time again, 
Uh, if Kyrie's out, it's not it's not certain he's leaving. He still has a four year contract. But reg- with all that being said, I wouldn't surprise me if Kyrie leaves soon down the line. If they can't get a, a major replacement, Kevin Durant's gonna be out of there too. Yeah, and just going back to your point on KD and how much he thinks about his legacy, it's clear that he does. Right? There's there's no reason he would leave Golden State if he didn't care about how he was perceived and looked at. Right? And I think that works again when you're thinking about if he's potentially going to leave Brooklyn, especially in like a Dame scenario. That looks bad. That looks like <laughs> you're getting on the boat, as Charles oh, Barkley yeah. says. You're not the boat driver anymore, or bus driver. Uh, you know, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. You know, we mentioned about Charlotte. We, excuse me, we mentioned the Charlotte Hornets. We talked about Michael Jordan being probably one of the worst owners of all time. <laughs> You know, barring one, uh, was it not Steve Ballmer? Um, Donald Sterling, is it? Who yes, was, yeah. that's the one. Bar- yep, yep. Bar- we got we we got to take every chance to shit on him, right? So, barring <laughs> one, Donald Sterling, Michael Jordan, one of the worst owners in league history, right? Uh, his Charlotte Hornets team makes headlines once again. You know, so they went after uh, our boy Kenny. You know, we all spoke about in the last episode. They did not get him. They reunite with old head coach Steve Clifford. Uh, Steve Clifford is a coach with a lot of experience, you know, uh, most recently before was coaching the Magic um, and in his span was able to make the playoffs a few times. However, you know, Magic, excuse me, you know, he was able to make the playoffs a few times. Um, However, you know, the Magic and himself, the Magic's front office and himself mutually agreed to part ways not too long ago. So uh, thoughts on this signing, Steve Clifford as the head coach for the Charlotte Hornets. Shocked. Absolutely shocked. I haven't seen Steve, Cliff- Steve Clifford's name in a long time. It was 2018, <laughs> his last year as the Hornets head coach. And for a reason, right? He is an old school head coach. This is a big shakeup, night and day difference for these young Hornets. They just had a doormat of a head coach <laughs> that allowed them to do whatever they wanted. And they are now going to a no-nonsense, old school, Tibbs-like head coach. Miles Bridges, LaMelo, Terry <laughs> Rozier in that locker room, Kelly, o, um, what's his name? Kelly Oubre, like some vibrant young personalities that are very clash worthy with an old school head coach. It's going to be interesting to see if this works. Yeah. Um, you know, especially after Miles, uh, Miles Bridges' <laughs> rap debut, you know what I mean? I think it's going to be really interesting to see the relationship that him and Steve uh, Clifford build. Um, but I think this is good. I actually think this is the, I don't want to say perfect, but this is as good of a move you can do with the cards that you're dealt, right? Um, I think you have a, a bunch of young pups, a group of young pups, where I think Terry Rosier is the veteran in that group who, you know, he's arguably, he's not new to the league, but you understand what I'm trying to say. He's not a 10-year vet at this point, right? I so like with all you that- said Terry Rosier, bro. You just made him sound like some sparkling water. You said Terry Rosier. <laughs> gotta let him know shit i thought he was fresh now i'm playing i know obviously he's not but uh with all that being said though he's a bucket you know so i have to put some respect on that name um but no man it's important that you have that uh father-like strict stern uh emphasizes defense type coach with this group of young pups man um i think it's perfect for them their development in the league uh, they're obviously great. They're obviously going to be a great team for a long time to come. You know, Miles Bridges was in the running for sixth man of the year. LaMelo Ball, you know what he does. He's soon going to be an MVP, an all-star, superstar in this league. 
So uh, I think it's perfect, man. I think it's a perfect move. Yeah. A little weird, it, I, but it works out. Yeah, I, I think we got the – we're on the same page. I think Michael probably is like looked back at his roster, sees Miles acting the fool, sees Melo acting the fool. He's <laughs> like, we need, we need a tough, tough, strict hand in this locker room. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see, to, to see how he toes the line, to see if he changes his coaching style to the times. And I can't wait for LeVar Ball – to call for his job as soon as he tries to discipline LaMelo because it's coming. He, he's tried to get each of his son's coaches fired at every level <laughs> at least once. At least man, once. And listen, man, you got you to gotta love LaVar, man. If he didn't have a special <laughs> place in our hearts before, he definitely has one now. Uh, definitely one of the greatest dads in NBA and league history. There's no doubt about it. But some of his methods, you know, uh, I wouldn't justify the means to the end, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's the only... <laughs> Player's dad getting, what does he have, a TNT commercial? Not TNT, <laughs> something for a phone plan, but shouts out yeah. For real. <laughs> Gotta, finding a way to make him, uh, finding a way to keep himself relevant. You know what I'm saying? So, facts. Big All shots. Right. <sighs> you know, we can't go a full episode without talking about the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> El Nikurbakers. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about this Knicks offseason. Right, and I just want to start by saying this right there. There are two kinds of Knicks fans. They're, they're, on one hand, the gloom and doom guys. Sky's falling. James Dolan is the worst. Um, get rid of everyone. And then there's some, few, but some like me. The optimistic <laughs> Knicks fan. You know, always looking yep. for the, the bright side of things. And um, with those two personality traits, we look at a lot of situations differently. And this offseason is another prime example of that, right? There is a Jalen Brunson sweepstakes underway. Free agency is starting soon, and he is expected to be the Knicks' number one option. And I like it. I think Jalen Brunson would be a great fit. He matches the timeline of our other young players and stars. There's room for growth. He's coming off his best season. He's had a career where he's gotten better better every year. And I actually think he can develop. There are a lot of other Knicks fans that hate this. They say DeJounte <laughs> Murray should be the number one option. Jalen Brunson is overrated. He just had one good year. And I just disagree, man, for all the reasons I already said. For us. <laughs> I This is the thing, right? I'm 100% in agreement with you. But it just sounds weird to me that Jalen Brunson is any team's number one guy that they're chasing that's fair in free agency if that makes sense to me you know especially with the kind of money that you guys are going to pay him now not to say he doesn't deserve it but i think that two years of the performance that he had and again all the points you made 100 percent correct improvements in a year every year was very dominant as that second option in dallas was able to show out in the playoffs shot in the regular season really a roster besides luca um, Jalen Brunson, the only other big name. And I do agree with you when you compare the two guys, Jalen and DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray, who's a killer, we just don't hear about him too much because he's down in San Antonio. But Jalen Brunson is one of those guys, you know, his experience being that guy in Villanova. His name, you know, it's there's, a, there's an asterisk next to it. You know what I mean? It's not like you can just write him off as what he is today is what it'll be for the rest of his career. He, like you mentioned, there's room for growth. There's room for potential. He has the opportunity, especially as an undersized guard in today's kind of league, to take advantage of the play style and really be dominant, you know? So I'm with you there. It's just, I guess it's the, 
the name power, if that makes sense. That kind of throws me off for a second. Is it the name power or is it the Knicks? Is it, you guys are the Knicks. <laughs> you need more than a Jalen Brunson. Is that part of it? I feel like that's part of it. I think that plays a big part of it. And this is the thing, right? The way the Knicks are looking at it is, let's let's do the right thing as opposed to the rush thing, which is what they normally do. Let's slowly add pieces through free agency in the draft. You know what I mean? Because Jalen Brunson by himself is not obviously bringing a championship. But you have Jalen Brunson. You sign another guy next year in free agency. Maybe make a trade, shake things up this year. The Knicks are a very – they're going to be a very good team. So Yeah. Um, and we're talking about four years, $25 million. That's reportedly what could get the deal done. Yeah. Right now, that might be a little bit on the pricey side. But if you rank it based on what other high-paid point guards did – he slots well around there in 25 AAV, average annual value. And then in five years, the CBA is up. That's not going to be that much. Exactly. I don't know. I, I think, I know Knicks fans are down on us, right? They're depressed. They're in the gutter. But we got, in the next seven years, we have 11 first round picks, 11 second round picks, and we're not keeping them. I mean, we're not going to draft 11 guys in the next seven years. We're going we're gonna to make a move for the star, but we're, like you said, taking the patient route. Trying to wait till we have a fundamental core in place before we, we oh, make the man. big move. What's up? What's up? That's awesome, man. I, I listen. You mentioned <laughs> it, man. You're a I'm you're a one in a million, fan. one in a million fan, bro. Really, you don't see it too often. Most people would have jumped off the bandwagon by now. Not to say it's a bandwagon, but would have just jumped off. Um, I say all that to say this: since I've met you, the Knicks really have had one successful season, which was the season that they made the playoffs, I believe, last year, right, or two years ago. Um, what was the last two seasons they made the playoffs? Regardless, yeah. Ty is really in it for the long haul. It's been about seven years of bad bad luck. He's looking seven years in the future, and that's the thing. <laughs> uh, I respect it because, you know, a Bulls fan, we really we weren't very good for a very long time either. You know, we just got lucky to, that our, our front office finally decided to make some some good moves. But, uh, yeah, man, I... Uh, I have a lot of I have a lot of um, love in the in my heart for the Knicks and the Knicks fans, so I really hope I'm. I know I'm you do. Hoping down. you guys pull through, bro. I'm hoping you guys pull through. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> this is what I'll say. I hope you guys become great, just never better than the Bulls. How does that sound? Doesn't sound great. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I would take it. You know, right now. It's just love. <laughs> All right, man, and uh, the team that surprised me the most on draft night. Just so happened to be the Los Angeles Lakers, and it had nothing to do with the draft, um, other than the fact that they signed two notable guys who went undrafted that night. And again, these are big names. These are these are stars, or should I say, sons of stars, right? Uh, so you got Scottie Pippen Jr., who you know did his thing at Vanderbilt, was projected to be a top guy in his class. You know, never things kind of fizzled out a little bit, and then. This is the big one, if you ask me. Sharif O'Neal, right? Sharif O'Neal was one of those guys who was top five in his class, projected to be a top five pick before everything happened with, you know, his heart issues and all of that, all of those things, you know. Stopped playing. I think he was out of the game for about a year. Came back, you know, was rehabbing. And, you know, he's back. You know what I'm saying? He impressed a lot of people uh, in all the combines and all the things leading up to the draft. And I think the Lakers just about did the best things they could have done in their situation. They don't have, you know, really any... It's not free agency to sign anybody uh, just yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, the draft couldn't really do much in the draft. Traded away all their picks for Anthony Davis. 
But <laughs> two guys that have the potential to really be stars in the NBA, Scottie Pippen Jr., I think his one downside is he's a little undersized. And Sharif O'Neal, a lot of people don't want to take the chance on him because of his health issues. But all that being said, as, as soon as two years, a year or two from now, you could see these guys making an impact in the rotation for the Los Angeles Lakers. Shouts to the Lakers for working after hours, getting their work <laughs> done after the draft. You know what I'm saying? Good shit, yeah. Rob. Good shit, Jimmy. <laughs> um, I, like, I like these picks. While I do think they need a little more time in the oven, yep. time in the G League to get their shit right, like especially Sharif O'Neal just hasn't played enough. Um, the heart condition made him miss a year. He came back, had a transfer, missed another year. He's played more games pro-am than he has – in college, um, and, and <laughs> once those catch up, right, and he has more five-on-five professional experience, I think he has a shot, right? But I, I don't think it's next year. I don't think it's this year for sure. Scotty's a little closer. Scotty, I like. He looks like a less athletic Gary Payton the third. Um, <laughs> really, like the defensive gene got passed down. It's there. He, he's not six seven, rangy, but. In terms of instincts and, and know-how, I, I think he's got it. So hopefully they work out. I got a couple G League guys I'm, I'm rooting for now. G League's getting so talented, man. We need an expression. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, those are a couple sons of athletes I want to see win. Jello Ball, I'm still hope, holding out hope for you. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we'll see. With that being said, you guys already know. It's another episode of the Hoop Plug. Ty, any closing thoughts before we get up out of here? No, just make sure you're running it up, checking our socials, checking the TikTok, YouTube, all of that. And as always, put some flavor in your ears.